Race matters. 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 I'd like to acknowledge that we are broadcasting on unceded Gadigal land. This land has been in the hands of generations of Gadigal custodians for thousands of years before us, and it will continue to be in their hands long after us. It's a meeting place for sharing knowledge, stories and song, and we are privileged to be a part of that storytelling today and every day at FBI Radio. I pay my respects to Gadigal elders past and present, We're broadcasting from Redfern right now, the birthplace of Black theatre in this country and a site for resistance and resilience for First Nations peoples. You're listening to Race Matters. This is a show made by people of colour, speaking with people of colour about the ways we understand and value our racial identities. I'm Sada Khan. And I'm Daniel Sargas. And it's been a minute since we've been uh, together uh, on air here on FBI uh, and Race Matters. Um, yeah, it's, how many weeks has it been? Like three? I feel more. more. I don't know. It's hard to, I feel like this year is like, I. it feels like it was a minute ago that it was January. Yeah, yeah. And now it's like the last week of April, <laughs> like, For- or like the first day, actually. Yeah. The first day of May. So yeah, April, May. I always have to do the knuckle thing when I'm trying to count. <laughs> Like if it's the 31 days or 30 30 days in the month. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's been a minute. I think um, for our listeners, it's always important to remember that with a show like this, um, there's always going to be moments where we do need to kind of take space and we do need to um, have a moment to fill our own cups up and put some energy into ourselves um, so that, you know, this show can be what it needs to be. Yeah, look, I'm not going to lie. A lot of life stuff has happened um, over the past uh, few weeks. Like I've um, moved back to my folks place. I've like got a new job. Um, You know, there was some loss in the community that I feel like a lot of, you know, us and our listeners were feeling as well um, on top of so many things, Mm -hmm. which, you know, is a fact of life. And um, uh, honestly, having this place and having... Uh, the knowledge that this space um, endures through that is something that is really comforting. And yeah, yeah. shout outs to our producer, uh, our EP, Sharika, who's Mm -hmm. been holding the fort and holding space for us um, throughout all this time. It's been, um, yeah, it's been good to, it feels good to be back. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's an important thing for people to know as well, that for Race Matters to be, the space that it needs to be it's because you know we as a team care mm. and love each other so deeply as well and understand um that that space and the moments where you do need to shut down and you do need to just invest in yourself and tune everything out and take the time that you need and um you know I think we are really good at um knowing how to do that amongst ourselves as well and amongst this team and it's a very grateful 
that's that's why it's just like for me race matters it's just always going to be a dream yeah. situation a dream dynamic for me it's why we you know we 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 it's why we still do this um and so yeah if you can understand that as an audience person when you listen to shows that you really like and you wonder how they do it it's like well because we care for each other yeah. outside of this as well um and very much acknowledge and recognize when people are you know like Sharika thank you know <laughs> Sharika my heart um you know do hold it down and carry some of the labor from time to time um which we all do for one another mm-hmm. and I think that's just a a healthy space healthy dynamics and we're all about that here yeah we are back, and on today's show, we have a story brought to you by Hannah Lai. Hannah is a youth worker based on Gadigal land. She specializes in working with young people from refugee and migrant backgrounds and has done for the last eight years. Her own journey of moving between lands has led her to be curious about identity and notions of home. And part of that uh, includes today's story. Uh, the piece you're going to hear traces Hannah's introduction to surfing and Australian beach culture when she first came to Australia. She shares feelings of uncertainty and isolation with what surf culture seemed to represent, particularly its ties with whiteness and masculinity. And so this led her to the work of two First Nations-led surf collectives that are not only reclaiming but actively shaping reconnection with waterways and what that means for kinship, and, uh, and a sense of self. We'll hear from Mana Mana Man and surf coach Geordie Campbell and Amber Mercy of the Nauru Indigenous Corporation, which hosts the Nauru Surf Gathering. And yeah, despite their different journeys, a lot of what they speak about is in healing and knowledge sharing. It doesn't matter how bad the surf was, like they go for a surf, they get in the ocean and you come out just feeling better. The world can't tell you what you can and can't do when it comes to this kind of stuff. If you're going to give it a shot, don't be dictated to by, um, I guess, historically what's been presented as acceptable. Um, Surfing is for everybody. That was Geordie and Amber. Two people with incredible stories of how surfing is impacting their community. My name is Hannah, and I tried out surfing as a hobby a few years ago. A little surf school in Maroubra quickly became my favourite pastime. I guess the main purpose I started this episode was to figure out if there were any programs out there for people of colour, for people like me. And I ended up finding out a lot more than I expected. Again, again, you're Jarwin. Um, my name is Amber Mercy and I am part of the team at Nauru Indigenous Corporation, um, which hosts the Nauru Surf Gathering and runs Nauru Guri Groms. My name's Geordie Campbell. I'm uh, the Indigenous Aquatics Manager at Surfing Victoria. I'm a proud Mana Mana man. I um, grew up on Bunurong country and now live, work and play on uh, Wadarong country on the surf coast near Bells Beach in, at Torquay. Um, yeah. I couldn't help but ask Geordie and Amber their experiences with the ocean as a child. And their childhood experiences were so vastly different from mine. 
Amber recalled one of her clearest memories from when she was a girl. It's, a, it's amazing how long this um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander surfing community um, and love for the ocean has been happening. Um, and the history is just, it's, it's quite um, beautiful and rich. And one of my greatest memories actually is from when I was a little girl. And um, because my dad was such a um, staunch advocate for Aboriginal um, and Torres Strait Islander surfing and inclusiveness and stuff like that, we were always like we were locked in to go along to these events. So um, um, it's really special, hey? So I just remember being a little girl and just being absolutely fascinated by all these Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people surfing and having a fantastic time in amazing waves. And, um, yeah, it was just – it was such a beautiful, beautiful um, gathering and competition to be a part of. So that was called um, – I think that was the Billabong Black Rock um, competition. Oh, I think it might have been 93. I was intrigued because as a child to migrant parents from Hong Kong – Surfing or any activity in the ocean was such a limited thing for me in my childhood years. Despite this, when Amber and Geordie started to talk about how they feel in the water, this was something we could definitely agree on. If you look all across the country, there's so many waterways that connect to the ocean that were significant places, like culturally significant places for our people because they would get food from there, they'd play there, they would practice culture at those locations. So there's so many reasons that it, there's those connections with the ocean. We live on Gumbanga country and the totem for Gumbanga people is Gargle, which is the ocean. So um, as Aboriginal people, we have um, an affinity with um, the land, the sea and the sky and, you know, I, I guess everything else that comes with it. I remember being a little girl growing up and my grandmother telling me if I ever had anything going on in my life that I felt unrest or um, worked up about, she said, go and stand in the water and just listen and your ancestors will tell you what you need to hear. Um, and I've applied that and on many occasions um, when I've ever faced turmoil and stuff like that, I definitely feel like I'm... Um, definitely more centered and grounded after I've gone and done that so um and that's not even including a surfboard so um that's yeah. for a little context I tried surfing for the first time only when I was an adult in my mid-20s I was having such a good time but there'd be moments out on the water where I'd think huh I don't usually see anyone that looks like me right now and Amber reflected on her own experiences as an Aboriginal woman out on the water I am not your typical looking surfer girl that you see on the billboards. I don't have blonde hair, blue eyes. I was taught, I was told point blank when I was 13, I would not get a sponsor based on the way that I looked. Um, and you know, like not trying to delve into the negatives because you know, it is what it is, but, um, understanding that surfing really is for everybody you know there is absolutely nobody that can take that away from you um and understanding that yes it might be that the billboard says something but the reality of the situation is there is so many options and availability for people to explore that if you want to be a surfer if you want to come out on on a stand-up paddleboard um on a bodyboard you know like just give it a go because the world can't tell you what you can and can't do when it comes to this kind of stuff. If you're going to give it a shot, don't be dictated to by, um, I guess, historically 
what's been presented as acceptable um, surfing is yeah. for everybody. Yes, there is racism in surfing. There's racism in sport. Like it, 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 it's the sad fact of the world we live in and it's something that we're trying to change and that it's, it's a horrible fact. But surfing, for me, it's always been a way of breaking those barriers between different cultures and different people. Like my friendship group, and it's like, I just think of my friends that I surf with, we're a bunch of weirdos in our own right that I don't think I would have connected with these people without surfing because you're all in the same ocean, you're all there for the same reason and it allows you to break those barriers and connect with people that you wouldn't normally. I felt validated after hearing Amber's experience and also encouraged by Geordie. I was curious to know what their surf programs look like. Nauru Surf Gathering was inspired by Amber's father. It started as a surfboard company in the 1990s by her father, Eric Mercy. Nauru is derived from the Gumbanga word Nalu, which means water. Unfortunately, my dad passed away, but um, to mark his 20-year anniversary of his death, we decided that we wanted to create a space for um, a gathering um, centred around the ocean and the surf and um, hopefully... Um, reignite an old um, flame of surfing within um, our community and yes that was in 2017 and we've just sort of soldiered on with what we want to do. And this annual surf gathering has continued every year around NADOC. Um, The annual surf gathering has been absolutely beautiful so it's such a fantastic feeling when um, obviously we're not living isolated or anything like that but to be out in the water and to be on the beach with people that um, you look like or, you know, being out in the surf and not seeing anybody that looks like you growing up, that's that can be really intimidating. So Nara Surf Gathering was really important for us to be able to um, recreate some of our best memories and create that um, gathering for our people. So, yeah, it's been fantastic. <laughs> and what Amber and her brother have done is pretty incredible. Not only do they host the annual surf gathering, but they also host a program for kids and their families. For us, uh, Nauru Indigenous Corporation and Nauru Gurugrams, Nauru Surf Gathering, we just really want to give our community the accessibility to actually go and experience this. So as you said, surfing isn't actually a cheap sport. In terms of the initial phases, um, if you come from a family of, you know, six kids or, I don't know, four kids or two kids, um, if you are from a low socioeconomic background, it's not it's not going to be a priority. So basically we really wanted to be able to provide um, opportunities for the kids in our community um, and surround, surrounding communities to give surfing a go. Um, they would see people that look like them, people that have a relationship with their children outside of surfing. So that's a really big one for us. From the outside, it might seem like a simple surf program, but it's much more than that. At the end of the day, people have to understand that this is a program that really delves deeper into well-being. It delves into connection. It delves into identity. It it delves into purpose. It's not just surfing. And I think that that's really important for our kids to see as well. You know, you want to grow up and you want to, you know, you want to do this or you want to do that or you want to go to uni or you want to be a surf instructor. Like, okay, cool. Like, that's an option as well. Um, So, yeah. Jordi Campbell works at Surfing Victoria 
as the Indigenous Aquatics Officer, but he first became involved as a teenager when he participated in the Victorian Indigenous Surf Titles thanks to an invitation from his English teacher. So I think I was 17 when I first got involved in that event. So I was good friends with uh, Craig Clark, who was at the time uh, serving Victoria's head judge. And he was my English teacher at school, actually. And he found out I was Indigenous and was like, George, like, you should go do this event. Like, I think you'd love it. I think you'd, uh, you'd get a lot out of it. So he got me to come along to the event. And, um, yeah, I suppose the rest is history. I, I, I went on to sort of be, just loved the program. So I became a mentor. Um, helped out as much as I could. I just loved giving back to the sport that had given me so much um, and giving back to my people was the best way I could see to do that. And they've had the Indigenous surfing program for 24 years now. He reflected on the humble beginnings of the program. It started off as just the Victorian Indigenous titles where it's a gathering of people from across the state to come. So I think it was about 20 to 30 Indigenous people, particularly in that southwest that came along to it, um, and from that, 23 years ago, the event's now grown into an event that's anywhere from 100 to 150 um, participants that come down to the beach to surf and they're from all across the state as far as like the far east, the far west of Victoria and even a lot of inland people as well come. And then there'll be another 100 to 150 aunties, uncles, elders coming along to cheer on their kids and just be a part of it and be a part of a really a really inclusive, uh, safe space for our people to gather as a people, enjoy surfing and really um, celebrate our culture in the ocean. By the way, the Victorian Indigenous titles that Geordie just described, he's won that 12 times. Surfing Victoria also hosts the annual nationwide competition, the Australian Indigenous Surf Titles at Bells Beach. He shares that it's not just a surf competition for him. The original idea behind it was just getting the best Indigenous surfers to Bells to surf amazing waves um, and showcase all the amazing Indigenous talent that there is in, in surfing. Um, but the event kind of very quickly grew from just an event about, one, showcasing Indigenous talent, but also it's nowadays, we, like I consider it and we all consider it as a um, modern-day gathering of Indigenous people from around the country um, we get to get together, we get to share stories, we get to learn from each other and help each other develop their own programs that are running around, around the country. So there's all these different um, communities around the country are starting to do their own programs very similar to ours. It's, you're just a big family down there. So it's, it's this amazing event where we all get to come together and share our stories and try and make a better world for our people. Geordie goes around the state delivering surfing and stand-up paddleboarding programs. Surfing Victoria also goes inland to reach different communities. He spoke about the importance of seeing people that look like you in the water. I know if I don't connect with whoever's delivering a program, whether it's in a cultural way or however it is, like it's very hard to see yourself in that person. So um, the way I look at it is like we use strong Indigenous uh people as our mentors for these programs and the kids can look up to this person and see themselves in that person. I think that's always been the biggest success behind our programs is co-designing everything with those communities, whether it's like myself as an Indigenous man that runs these programs or just using those local heroes to help drive these programs. Because like you said, like the ocean and the water can be quite a scary place and 
at least if we can make people comfortable in their own skin with their own people, then at least that's one step in the right directions. And then you need to um, work on the water safety side of stuff and making them a little bit more comfortable in the ocean. Similar to Amber, Geordie said it's so much more than a surf program. It goes deeper into well-being. And when we bring these young people, these young Indigenous people and these old, uh, these older Indigenous people, these whole communities to the ocean, you can see that connection straight away. Like as soon as these kids and people get in the water, like as soon as they dive under a wave, like you can see like it just washing off all the all the issues they have on land and it gives them that, that time. I suppose, like time away from it all, which which is so important. Like anyone that's been through a traumatic experience or has a traumatic life, like to have that hour in the water, that day down the beach, whatever it is, to escape from that that world that they live in is so important. So it doesn't matter how bad the surf was, like they go for a surf, they get in the ocean and you come out just feeling better. So there you have it some incredible surf programs for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities. Geordie also mentioned some other surf programs around New South Wales. There's the La Perouse Board Riders Club, which is in Sydney, in La Perouse. Like, they, they're doing amazing things with their young ones. Up north at Fingal, there's like the Jurakai um, Surf Culture Program, which is teaching people about culture and surfing. Um, and then like on the south coast, I know there's a few little programs going on down there. So... Even though there were some incredible surf programs happening around the country, it didn't seem like there was something specifically for migrants. And though Geordie was working with some migrant communities, it was down in Victoria. And I couldn't really find anything specifically here on Gadigal land, where I live. So I figured it's up to us as people of colour to carve out our own space. If you're wondering, how do I even get started surfing? Even Amber, who has surfed in competitions, needs to psych herself up sometimes. Regardless of how intimidated or self-conscious I am, I go, all right, let's just, let's go, let's do this. <laughs> um, and, you know, in saying that, I'm not um, a typical um, looking surfer girl. So I think my advice would be, like, just go give it a try. Like, honestly, centre yourself at a beach, find a beach, um approach people, um, have a conversation, say hello, um, you're bound to meet someone. Best way to do it, I feel like, is always to sort of start off with a surf school. There's so many surf schools around. They'll teach you some water safety stuff. Like surf school's number one thing is, is always ocean safety, beach safety, water safety. Um, and then also they give you that idea of like what conditions you can surf in and what's going to stop you from getting yourself in trouble. Um, there's also social clubs to be part of. One example is the La Perouse Board Riders. I know so many people that have like joined Board Riders clubs thinking like, oh, it's going to be this really like exclusive club that no one wants you to be involved in. But it's like I was saying about like getting in the ocean. As soon as you join that club, like everyone's like, oh, you're one of us. Like you, you want to, you want to be involved in this community. And then like that then allows you to like meet other surfers and other people that want to take you to different spots. And surprisingly, both of them said, talk to a local, no matter how daunting it is. Like the best bit of advice I'd ever give someone, talk to the old crusty surfer that's standing in the car park. Like he's probably been to that beach every day of his life. And once you break through that barrier of like, they look like they don't want you there. They, they'll tell you like where not to go, where like where the rocks are, where they, like there's no one that knows their beach better than a surfer. So they're there every single day, all day. So if you 
ask them questions. They'll love to tell you and love to help you. So so I go down to my local beach and there's, you know, there's the people that are regularly there every morning, like without a, without a shadow of a doubt, you know that there's a, a table of knowledge of old boys that are, you know, they're going to go to the beach at 8 o'clock every day on the dot. Um, generally, like they're so happy to have a conversation. Um, they love to have a yarn and you you might be surprised just how willing they are to point you in the right direction and you create some sort of like ongoing relationship with um yeah the locals um but they're they're there they're they're at every beach trust me (laughs) (laughs) that's so true true. i hope you especially if you're a person of color i hope you feel inspired to try out surfing i hope this planted a seed that surfing is out there for you and you can give it a shot. If you do end up giving surfing a go, reach out to racematters at fbiradio.com.au. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, my name is Hannah Lai and I'm a guest contributor at FBI Radio. Race matters. 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 Race matters.